Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. That's me, and I am recording this in the parking lot of an El Pollo Loco, and here's why. Because I just came from interviewing today's guest, Kate Flannery, uh, who you probably know from The Office. She played uh, Meredith the Boozy Office Worker. Um, she's also in this great comedy musical duo called The Lampshades, and they've got some performances coming up this weekend in L.A., so I'm going to get this up ASAP in case some of you hear it and decide, I want to go see them in The Lampshades this weekend. So we're going to launch this baby a little bit earlier. That's why I'm recording it in El Pollo Loco, because I'm now going to go to a coffee bean and upload it, but I don't want to record it in the coffee bean because it's a public place and... You don't need to know my fast food dealings, but that's kind of the breakdown for it. Um, I'm back in L.A. after a whirlwind trip to Florida for the inaugural of the Regal Princess. Uh, all the Love Boat stars were there. I had an encounter with Vicky in an elevator, my friend Scott and I, and uh, she delivered. It was quick, but we got our photo. I I told her I knew somebody she knew. We were like, okay, we love you. You're great. And then she was off the elevator. So... I recorded a lot of the audio of this, the celebration where they were interviewing a lot of um, past Love Boat stars, like uh, guest stars like Lorenzo Lamas and Christy McNichol, and I'm going to try to edit together a podcast of some of that stuff if the audio is good enough. So, But today, we've got Kate Flannery, and first, I want to just uh, let you know that you can check out the website, DennisAnyone.net. I'm going to post a few pictures that I took at Kate's place of things we talk about on the podcast. Also, while you're there, you can take my audience poll. I know you're sick of hearing about it, but I'm almost to the amount of people that I need. So if you haven't taken it, do me a solid and take it. And I don't even know what a solid is. I don't know what that means. I I know what I think it means based on my recent digestive issues, but I don't think that's really what it means. But, but, But please do that if you haven't already. Um, like uh, Dennis Anyone on Facebook, that helps spread the word. And um, if you have any comments or questions you want to send in, the email is dennisanyonepodcast at gmail.com. And now, without any further ado, here is the delightful Kate Flannery. Hey there, I am here in the beautiful Los Angeles condo? Apartment? What's the word? Home? I'm not sure. Yeah. Of Kate Flannery. I feel like I'm in a 40s movie. I feel like <laughs> Betty Davis would walk in and even the phone is kind of old school. Yeah. Look at that lamp. It's incredible. She's got a sister. It's a, there's, there's similar lady headlamps. I, yeah, from the I might 40s. have to take a picture and share that with our <laughs> listeners if that's okay. Sure. They're incredible. What um, what inspired you? What inspired you when you decided I'm going to decorate this like this? Where you, it looks like you're a fan of old films. Well, yeah, I love. I I I've always been a big fan of black and white movies. So yeah. even though there's color in here, it's, it's sort of a muted thing. But you know, I have to say, like I saw this place. It was from a French designer. It's an old apartment building that went condo, and I just thought, oh my god, this is exactly. I mean, this is the Upper West Side apartment I could have never afforded. Right. So it does feel, it doesn't have that, any LA cliche-ness about it. It's very. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of fantastic. So yeah, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I have, you know, um, penwas sets that I uh, drape myself in and yeah. trips around it. I won't tell you that, but I. But, but you I might. Don't. You sort of want to walk around and you sort of want to talk like a, do, do, you sort of want to talk <laughs> like a dame or. I don't know. It's fabulous. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You know, sometimes it's uh, black sable one day. Sometimes just pretzels and beard. Days. Right. You know? Exactly. But you're here. But you're here. Yeah, but but you're here. here. <laughs> um, I I love that. Now, 
you are best known for The Office. We all love you as Meredith on there. But you do this character uh, as part of the Lampshades, a duo, of like kind of a lounge duo, which is what yes. probably I first saw you do, that or Maybe. your Neely O'Hara yes, yeah. in Valley of the Dolls on stage. Right. Um, so, you're, But the Lampshades are roaring on. <laughs> Somehow, we still exist. We are a dying lounge act uh, in a strange world of stand-ups and music acts. We still sort of morph ourselves into this world. I don't know why we're still here, but we're still here. I love that you're here. Now, who's your partner in crime on that? Uh, Scott Robinson. Right. And we, we basically play these two characters who are sad and... Old, like thank God we picked older characters when we first started, so we're we're becoming the thing we're making fun of for sure. <laughs> the joke, the jokes get a little lower. Yeah, yeah, because I wear a jumpsuit, and uh, you know sometimes it's like, oh dear God, what are we doing? You're a bit of a camel toe pioneer. Yes, I, yeah, I'm not afraid of the camel toe. No, you're yes. not. Yeah. Loud now her name's Cassie. Ca- Cassie Chu, my lampshade's character. Yeah. Cassie yeah. Chu. Yes. Where did she come from for you? you? Know, I've always loved, and I've had a love hate relationship with singers. I studied voice for two years in college and I changed my major because I realized that a lot of these singers take themselves so goddamn seriously. It just used to make me crazy. Right. And I just, I, I, it always cracks me up when a singer sings and make, makes faces and goes for vocal choices without any sense of irony. Yeah. They just take themselves so seriously. It's, it's amazing to me. So I feel like my character's a little Anne-Margaret, a little Cher, a little Edie Gourmet. Right. I don't know. Yeah. And she's not afraid to do a squat. Like, she does some... <laughs> uh, I remember you used to, and maybe you still do, sing this great version of the Facts of Life theme. Uh, we do sometimes. Yes, you yes, still yes, bring yes. it out. Still People want to hear it. We do. We're breaking, shaking the kids up. I don't know. You know I, most of our songbook is basically from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Which, thanks to the clear channel stations on the radio, uh, even the 20-somethings when we play colleges know those songs. Which That's is awesome. Hilarious. They don't need Shazam on their phone. Yeah. They don't. They, can, they know it. They know. They, they're, they're up to speed with the lampshades. Yes, they are. It's weird. We sort of have this... Well, basically what we're doing is like we're a dying lounge act who is continuing to do this act... Uh, over and over again, but we're in real time. So we're dealing with the audience in real time. And it's just kind of a weird, like we're, we are updated in some ways and present in some ways and just kind of still jamming this crazy square peg into the round hole. Yeah. Is there a signature song that like, if you don't do that song, uh, is there a, is, do you have a Titanic song? Kind you know? of, yeah. Our Mandy Brandy um, mashup is kind of fantastic. It's Barry Manilow's Man- Mandy with Looking Glasses Brandy. And they, we actually sing them simultaneously. My partner, Scott Robinson, is not big on harmony, but he can sing two, a different song at the same time. And it actually musically goes together. It's such an odd I remember, I remember yeah, you doing it. Yeah, we do that. So yeah, it's kind of a weird, but then there's always like an extra joke where he like, you know, his drink is empty and I'm scatting with my eyes closed. So I don't realize he's left the stage <laughs> and the music drops out and I'm still scatting. And then he comes back with a full drink to the mic just in the nick of time to do what we do together. So yeah, there are, now, there's always a Are you a married joke. couple in the conceit no, of no, the... No, no, no. There's yeah. an unrequited love situation that goes on. And uh, you for him or him for yes, you? Yes, uh, my, my character for his character. And also we're, we're conv- you know, we always tell the audience that we're, we're like the old school tinder we're like everyone ends up hooking up at our shows we're like better, faster than match.com you don't yeah. have to fill out a form or anything you know, yeah so you just get you go to a lampshade yeah, show you, you get lucky you will hook up you will you will i mean and the more makeup you wear and the drunker you get the better that's so like that's our message you know where's the weirdest place the lampshades have ended up playing we played the uh ribbon cutting ceremony of the extension of the la subway <laughs> and um, 
does that happen? You know I feel like so many of our gigs have become the narrative of our characters. Like it, we incorporated it all. It's all true. Like we, I mean, that gig was so weird because we. You're not a Carnegie Hall pretending that you're no you're there in the actually like on this weird ass platform down by the subway uh subway extension and like literally there were people in the audience with bus passes around their necks who were enjoying us but with no irony they did not get any of the jokes they just sang along with the songs and i love that we work on that level too it's sort of so great amusing to me at all times like that there's this kind of weird like if we had had a documentary crew for our entire you know 13 years these past 13 years i feel like it'd be a hell of a movie yeah um but unfortunately, I, I, I didn't start out with that kind of funding, and yeah. now I feel like, well, it's all a hood. Yeah. But yeah, we but we played for um, we've opened for Debbie Gibson. Which we didn't know till the last minute that that was happening. We were I'm playing a fan. Palm Springs, but you know there was something yeah. odd about it because uh, it was just odd. I mean, yeah. I never thought I would, you know, get to do that. And yeah, we actually were performing at a thing called um, an event in Palm Springs called um, Hot and Dry for yes. six hundred gay sober men. Hot right and on. Dry. So there we were with Deborah Gibson. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, so it's just like, I just love that. And it was kind of an odd fit, but again, really good. And we also played NASA Safety Day for 900 uh, very intelligent uh, scientists who I would say 50 out of the 900 really got us. And everyone else, once again, was uh, not really into the, the irony of this lounge act. How do you end up at NASA <laughs> Day? How do you end up at the bus We have thing? some really crazy fans and yeah. they kind of want to put us in their real life. And I love that. And so if it's fun, uh, of course we'll do it. Yes, we'll play for 400 Filipino nurses yes. uh, in a convention. We did that uh, years ago. So yeah, absolutely. So I feel like the weirder the better. You know, How does yeah. Cassie handle an audience that's not with her? Oh, I think, but I think Cassie's, ne- there's always an audience with her. I don't think, I think she's the audience, she's with herself enough. It's kind of like that. She has a little bit of that Liza Minnelli thing. Like, of course they're with me. Of course I can close my eyes for five minutes and you'll, you're still going to be in the room. I love <laughs> indulgent, it. Indulgent. You know? When was the first time you did her? Um, you know what? We did this characters, oh my God, I like, I want to say in Chicago, like back in like 1993, I think. And then we did them for like a year and then Scott and I didn't live in the same city for a long time. So, and then I was, did it in New York. I did this character in New York for a while at like Caroline's cause they would do a character night. Like Jim Gaffigan would do that. Yeah. night, And then sometimes I'd see Amy Poehler at this place on the Lower East Side called um, Baby Jupiter when you do characters. So I would do like five minutes. But the thing about my character in the lampshades is I feel like it's so much better with a foil yeah. because uh, my character has too much energy, and my partner Scott has not enough. Right. I mean, he's he literally passes out with a cigarette in his mouth on stage. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like he is so like barely there. You know, it's right. kind of fantastic. So, you know, uh, I'd say that Cassie is the she's the gas, and he's he's the brakes or just the neutral pedal. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And no, so this is going to go up. Um, this is Friday the seventh. It'll either go up today or tomorrow the eighth. But you've got gigs coming up right away, right? Yeah. Tonight we're opening for this big band called Nutty at Vitello's. We've opened for them in Palm Springs before. They're great. They do like really great big band versions of sixty songs, like Don't Fear the Reaper. I mean, they're really terrific. And um, we're doing tomorrow night. We have our monthly show that we do at I O West, uh, which is the Lampshades Hour where you kind of really get to know us. Because we do a lot of other shows around town. We do Dana Gould and Art right. Marines, Tinkle Twins at the Nerd Melt um, right. in Hardwick Space. We used to do that once a month, which is fun, but that's usually like 10 minutes, 15. And um, and yes, I will do, I have done the act without Scott. We're literally recently, like I've, I've done a medley where I've run from one mic to the next. It's so ridiculous. It's the ultimate. 
the ultimate. The I, ultimate I've got like, this covered. This show hard. must go it's on. Ridiculous. Yeah. So, so if somebody's never seen The Lampshades, the big dose is that monthly show at iOS. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although sometimes less once more. A, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, and that's yeah. once a month. It is once a month. Yes, yeah. and then we're doing a big Christmas show on the sixth there, which will be great with lots of guests and. I think Billy the Mime's going to do that show, and Eric Hoffman, who does his bread sandwich character. It'll be fun. How did that change when you started to get known for The Office? Um, did, would other people come that hadn't come before, and would they yes, like, be like, had, what's like, happening? Yes, like, we've had, like, Zach Quinto came with yeah. um, Kristen Bell. Right. Uh, you know, there's been some, like, big-ass, like, whoa. I mean, we've yeah. had Jerry Mathers, the, the Beaver from Leave it to Beaver. I mean, it's really, there's no end to the gamut of strange uh, fandom that we've had. who's the, who's the most surprising fan the most random fan um uh Paul Rubens recently well I shouldn't wow. say he's not totally but yeah 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 that's exciting it is exciting it's nice I mean it's not it, although I I try not to get that sort of waiting for Guffman vibe into it because yeah. it's not like you know I mean it's nice when people like us but it's sort of like we are sort of our own thing and I'm not sure what planet we land on we right. sort of are finding our own thing and just doing our thing so I don't feel like anybody's gonna you know I don't know it doesn't feel like Someone's going to pluck us and suddenly, you know, put us into some new situation. But yeah, it'd be interesting. But I think that that's like that's a weird phenomenon that a lot of people who do these acts regularly, like there is this sort of like, okay, where are we going? So I just feel like for me, it's sort of moving my muscles regularly and not waiting for the phone to ring as much. Since yeah, you know, it's yeah. like you know the mismatch game, which you've appeared in a number of times. Yes, like. There was a period where, oh, this producer might come, or this, yes. this, and then I finally was like, and they never came, and they always traffic and babysitter, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to let this thing be what it is, yeah, and love it for is, what it is, if something happens do. with it, great, but I am not going to be like, why isn't this dot, dot, dot? Yeah, I know, and it's, and it's, it's really hard to do that yeah. sometimes, because I feel like... The, everybody else, you know, kind of puts that weird little game into it. And you're oh, like, yeah, oh, you should yeah. do this on TV. Should, like, yeah. you've never heard yeah, of that well, idea. Yeah, it's but crazy. It's never yeah. occurred to you. <laughs> but, yeah, but you got to let it be. Why have you kept doing it? You know, I really enjoy it. And I yeah. feel like we've done a lot of benefits. We, we tend to do, like, I'd say we do, like, at least eight benefits a year. And what's nice about it is that I feel like I have something to, even if it's at the last minute, to come and contribute to a show, which is yeah. good. You know, because sometimes I don't have the time to work on new material or, or, you know, something else. Right. So it's kind of great. And you like being part of that. You obvi- I think you really like being part of that comedy scene, that yeah. sort of small theater kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just played D.C. last month with um, Intigno Taro. She has a um, comedy festival called the Benson Ball. And it was just great to be there. I mean, we've done it before. we we do comedy festivals. Sometimes we open, like we're opening for Richard Cheese at the end of uh, November at the Anaheim House of Blues. We have some weird gigs, but it's it's great. You know, I love kind of showing up in odd places with music acts. It's it's kind of fantastic. Do you drive to the gig in costume, or do you get <laughs> dressed there? I try not to. I try not to. Although we uh, we have left uh, in costume sometimes from from time to time. I remember one time we were supposed to be at the Magic Castle, and it got screw- something got screwed up where they didn't they didn't have a sound system, so. Are the, and they didn't have a band. They just had a piano player. And we're like, we can't do this with just a piano. We have to have, either have a band or our, you know, pre-recorded yeah. stuff. So we ended up not doing it. I got a bunch of, like, we literally had to leave in costume. And it was kind of like, let's get that. It was so crazy. I just felt so, like, 
kind of exciting to leave in character. Like, we're, we're out of here, man. It was like kind of crazy. One time we left in character and some man thought I was a prostitute, some Mexican man. He started yelling at me, no prostituto, no prostituto. And I literally had a mic stand in my hand. I'm like, sir, I am not a prostitute. I am an entertainer. Which, you know, you could argue. Which, again, I've done that in the show. I've explained that story in the show, too, because, again, that's something that, like, my character would. Like, it's like, Cassie really? would be very you flattered. Yeah, She'd really... be flattered by that, I think. Oh, sure. She, her sexuality is, boom, right out there. Absolutely. Much like my own. Yeah. I, I mean, really, who the hell do I think I am? It's ridiculous. I mean... It's Where like, do you get her clothes from? Do you ever go I, shopping for her? Or do people I, go, I have something for Cassie? No. You know what? I bought this jumpsuit literally, like, 20 years ago for, like, in a thrift shop for under a dollar. And I had a, I had a pattern made of it. So... So smart. So you yeah. have several in every color. Uh, I have a few. And then I yeah. have another, like, I have a new black and, black and white turtleneck one that... Um, kind of has a different a different vibe. And and when we played the private party for the Magic Castle people last week, I literally took the jumpsuit off during our Magic Medley and had another jumpsuit on. <laughs> oh yeah, you know who used to do that? Sean Cassidy. Oh Jesus! I have what? I remember seeing a concert a video of him in concert, and he had on like super tight like spandex <sighs> pants. And at one point, he peeled them off, and he had another pair oh underneath that were even tighter. Obviously, Those Cassidy's. Oh, they brought I it. Had it, man! Wow. Who was your big? Who I did was, love David Cassidy when I was yeah. little. I really did. Who was, so was he like? Who you would have on your wall or in your locker? Yeah, I actually have. My, I still have my Partridge Family lunchbox. My dad uh, uh, packed it up, and, and um, he literally gave it to me for Christmas again, like ten years ago. It was like the best gift I've ever gotten twice. I, I had that lunchbox too. Yeah, you, yeah. I, I think I want to get another one. Oh yeah. I, I lost the original. There's a previous podcast with the director Jim <laughs> Fall, who you know yes. because you are in Trick. I was in Trick, yes. We, and um, we share our upset. I did a whole podcast with him. Finished it up. I was getting ready to leave, and he has all these eight tracks, and he had all these Partridge Family eight tracks. Wow. So I turned this recorder back on, and we did like a half hour about uh, the Partridge Family. That's yeah, because they were the best. And yet the worst at the and same yet, time. And yet, and also yes. the bus was way bigger than they needed. Oh, yeah. They Come didn't on. need it. There's only five of them for Christ. And right? some instruments. Yeah. Not a lot. And the dog briefly that went away with no explanation. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, but I did love that stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 I ate it with a spoon, that's for sure. Now, um, <laughs> let's talk about The Office. Okay. When Meredith, Meredith is boozy. Uh, yes, and floozy. And boozy and floozy. Yeah. What's your approach to playing drunk? Well, it's... Or not drunk. It's an inside it's, job. Yeah. Uh, um, you know what? My dad owned a bar for years, and there was one woman that was at the bar. And I just remember her, you know, she still had her lipstick. She was, she didn't, you know, she was drinking with the best of them. And my dad would have a, like, a language code. So if there was a lady at the bar, or if my mom was at the bar, um... Whoever was cursing would have to apologize. Excuse me, Mrs. Flannery. You just sort of like hear it from a distance where like, it, like my dad would sort of give him the evil eye and then you hear this apology, even if you didn't hear the curse initially. And I know that the, he had that for the one female uh, regular. Because um, she tended to curse a lot. She, no, she wasn't the one cursing. If someone else was cursing in front of her, he, okay. would, he would like sort of like, hey. He know, would try to protect place, her right? ears. Yes, yes. Even though she, I, I doubt, was even paying attention because she was just shooting him back so far you know waiting for that last bus to go home that was what she did wow <laughs> the bus driver would literally knock on the bar door to get her out of there because he knew she was always on the last bus so 
He would just make sure he would that make she was sure. still there. Yeah. She would make sure that she was okay. It's back when community was really important. Yeah. Part of the world, what was the know? name of the bar? Flannery's Tavern. I felt like a rock star. Every That's time amazing. Up. Yes. That's cool. So you sort of based her on, on her. Well, I, it was, I mean, everything, you know, I, you know I, I, I felt like there was some part, I mean, I certainly know many, uh, many women drinkers growing up because of that. I mean, also like working in restaurants and bars, you know, from a, a big part yeah. of my life. So I, I, I kind of understood that, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like, it, cause when I first started doing the office, Meredith was not uh, officially an alcoholic until second season. So maybe, uh, she maybe evolved. I seem like a drunk, but yeah, maybe I was, they were like, Oh, she's a drunk. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Did no, you but, ever, was there ever any feedback from, because back when we were like in the seventies, we'd watch TV. There'd be like Foster Brooks doing a whole character <laughs> like that, and then it sort of became on PC to sure, sort of sure. do that, and understandably so. So, was there any ever uh, feedback from AA or you I don't know think PC? Gotten any flack? I, yeah. I feel like my freak flag was not. I think it was such a subtle. Uh, touch, you know. I feel like that it was. I was. It wasn't that loud and proud. And also, you know, my storylines were, you know, they were subtle. If you if you were paying attention during a season, you know, then if you knew who my character was, then occasionally, you know, I could get away with murder just with a look because yeah. you'd kind of understand, you know, who my character was. But you know, I, I feel like for some of the broader situations, I still feel like it was it was kind of a, a subtle, like a less is more kind of a situation, yeah. which I loved. You know, I loved wait. I mean, it was always worth the wait. Even if I didn't talk for a while, it was always worth it. Because when I did get to do something, it was so memorable. Yeah. You know, so memorably written. That seemed like a dream gig from the outside. Oh my God, absolutely. And, but also... And a place to sit. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, a, a place desk? to be. Like, yeah. For how many years? For nine years. For nine yeah. years. When, when it first happens, when is the moment when you go, oh, I'm good for a while? Or do you always you know feel I think like it was the... after we won the Emmy the the first time when we were first nominated it was like oh this is this is not going anywhere this is not going anywhere and here. what a feeling that must be for somebody who is an artist in LA trying to do their thing yeah and you know I was I still had my restaurant job at Kate Madalini for a season and so like I quit right before second season started and I remember my literally my boss said we were going to get you a cake but you'll be back like he literally was like, don't get your hopes up. This could fall apart. Because <laughs> he'd seen so many other waiter actors right. go through that. I mean, he really wasn't being a jerk. I just think it was like, that was just his experience. Wow. Yeah. Kate Manolini. Yeah. That's not there anymore. It's and I'm sad. I love the bread. No. I had, inter- I interviewed Elizabeth Hurley there. Oh, how bizarre. And yeah. when she was, you know, she hadn't really done a lot of movies. It was for British premiere. And, um, it was a love fest. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and we, she had, we ate a lot and she had desserts and that's my, I, every time I see that place, I think of that magical lunch with Elizabeth Hurley. And I she, feel like I learned a lot there. Cause I, w- I mean, talk about that kind of waiting for Guffman thing. It's like, I worked with people who literally like some waiters who literally thought that if they waited on Steve Martin, that they were going to get put in a movie. I was like, Oh honey, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, or they, you know, they just thought like they didn't have to take an acting class if they were in the eye line of all these producers, then. Right. You know. there, there, it was, there was nothing they really had to do apart from be there to exist. Right. And I mean, I'm, and I can say like having come from like testing for a TV show and then having to wait on the producers like hours later, it's just like, you know, it just, I don't know. I mean, I used How to, did you cope with that? Well, you know, I feel like as I got older, you just kind of 
get over it. It's like, I have to make a living. So yeah. here I am. I mean, yeah. and I feel like some people would have a harder time than I would. Yeah. They might be a little more uncomfortable, but at a certain point, it's just like, you know what? It's not that big a deal. It's mm. really not. Were there any famous regulars that you really liked? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I loved Billy Wilder. He was a little hard to understand, but I loved him. A director. Wow. Yeah. He's of course. What was he like? He well, he was he's very Austrian. His thick was very his uh, his accent was very thick. Right. His thick was very accent. Well, I'm sure it was. It was. <laughs> I love that. But he was cool. He was cool. He was yeah. cool. And um, you know, I mean, Ann Miller was a trip. I'm sure. She was a trip. I want to see her doing uh, <laughs> circling. <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> turning around the. Yeah, thing. I, made, I made one attempt at a joke with her, which was. You know what? Sometimes you just got to go for it and not worry how it goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I you got to throw I, it out I was there. Like pouring, I was like doing a hot cup of tea with the lid and the lid, uh, it didn't fit. I almost burned my hand and I looked at her and I said, it's too darn hot. <laughs> <laughs> she, nothing. 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 She, she didn't, didn't get it. it. Oh, you had Oh, to... maybe she got it, but she didn't want it. She, she didn't yeah. get it. She didn't want it. <laughs> okay. It, when you're working on the office, do you steal office supplies? Do you go home with post-its in your bag? Uh, I, you know what, I, I, uh, yes, I did, I did, I did have post-its, yeah. I yeah. Did. I did, but I used to use those, I still use those when I, if I'm auditioning for something else, like to mark, or even with my script, like I'll use them so I don't have to like bend the pages, is that terrible? No. NBC's going to come after me for the price of post-its now. Yeah. Retrograde. No. Um, but not really, no, because there's, there's, there's a sense of abundance, so it's like, why would you, you know. Yeah, I'm good. Right? We don't hey. need, Yes. Um, what's your favorite, you said, you would sit there a lot while yes, other things were happening. What I was would. your favorite thing to fiddle with? Or did you have a secret stash well, of our computers candy? Worked. Our computers worked. So I, um, I sometimes was writing. That's great. Yeah. For like my actor, I used to do the, the TV guy blog. Um, I did that for two years, um, yeah. every episode. So I was like writing that and then like fan stuff, you know, it, but, but I'll tell you, I mean, it never got boring. It's like, I, even if I didn't talk, I was usually like privy to are very, very, very funny scenes. Yeah. With extremely funny people. I was really happy to be, and it had such, so, so much more of a family vibe because we were all in on the process. And even though I know it really was a hierarchy, I feel like there was a sense that it wasn't. I mean, there was some pretend like, we're all just one family. And I love the sense of pretending that. That was very empowering. They, people, that it was, the, the sense of pretending was authentic. That, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it came from, it came from a good place. Yeah. And, yeah. I love that. Were there times where you almost would want to laugh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. was thinking, like, there was this one um, cold open with Steve Carell in a, um, he was wearing a straight jacket, literally, and he was trying to hide the key, but he acts like, but he, he kicked it and, like, Jim hit it, and he's, like, killing himself trying to find, he thinks his key is somewhere. Oh, my God. I mean, Steve had this ability to push things. I mean, he's such a great improviser and just a great actor and just, I, I mean, you know, I, I feel like it, it I, I feel like he should have won every award ever, but I, I don't know why he didn't, but um he he's so damn funny and so committed. He was that guy. Which yeah. to me makes it so much funnier. Yeah. Than somebody who's kind of like more of a personality actor who's doing their lines, who's kind of funny, you know, like doing that like repartee. I think that painful, horrifying flop sweat that he would get sometimes as a character would kill me. That was hilarious. Yeah. 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 You, 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 I saw on your Twitter some people went as you for Halloween. Has yes. that happened? That has happened. I love it. Well, first of all, they get to drink as much as they want, <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Uh, one time, I there was somebody um, that I 
I took a picture with her. She was had a bat in her hair. She was wearing like a depends. It was supposed to be like a um, a pelvis cast. And um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, and I think she had like tape on her boobs, like she was, right. you know, yeah, high class. Yeah, high class. but it's yeah. a compliment. It is a compliment. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And I feel like the nice thing about the office is that I feel like there's it, it wasn't too. Um, based on topical humor, yeah. I mean, to cur- or current events. So I feel like it will have it's timeless. a little bit of a shelf life. Yeah, I don't know about timeless, but yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, but maybe, yeah. But I think we have more of a chance of rerunning longer than some other shows that are kind of like, ooh, really? People like that show? Yeah. I can't remember that. Yeah. I was somewhere recently in an office and they had Dunder Mifflin paper. Yes. Is that possible? That is possible. I actually, Oscar and I flew to New York three years ago to promote that. It's a real thing. That's from a company called Quill. And, uh, yeah, we were, like, giving out free paper at uh, Rockefeller Center and, like, signing pads of paper. It was ridiculous. It was What's totally the ridiculous. weirdest thing that came out of that job? Like, that's a weird thing. That was weird. Um, well, we had, like, some weird things. That I, I've done weird things in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, of <laughs> Some course. with other office people and some by my – one time by myself. I had I got asked to do the Philadelphia Thanksgiving Day Parade. And I'm from Philadelphia. Right. So I was happy to do that. But part of the deal was that I had to go – to Scranton, they sent me this like 1989 giant disco limo, right? With a bottle of um, something bubbly that was not champagne. Amazing. Uh, with chaser lights inside. I kept saying like Flav Flav called. He wants his limo back. <laughs> um, and it, they took me to Scranton, and I had to. I had like all this stuff to do with all these um, uh, the affiliates that were uh, running the show in um, reruns, not like the, the syndicated. Uh, people, so I had to meet with a bunch of college students, like small college students at a very small school in Scranton, and then I had to go to a restaurant that I didn't eat at, but I had to sign a bunch of stuff there, and then I went to this. It's called Jerry's for All Seasons. It's a patio slash Christmas store. Okay. So they have patio furniture, sure. and Christmas stuff, and I had to sit there for two hours while people brought in weird stuff for me to sign. And I kept saying, if, if nobody's in line, we can just wrap it up early. It's okay. It's okay. I won't. My feelings will apparently. Like but it, uh, people came. I was surprised. But yeah. Wow. Kind of nuts. What do you love about Meredith? What touches you about her? Um, or her evolution? You know what? I, I wrote a little thing in the Huff, Huff Post about it. I feel like what I love the most about Meredith was that, you know, it was always like a, there's, I feel like actors tend to get so caught up in bullshit, accounting lines, um, worrying about kind of their impact on something. I realized that Meredith was not the main dish, not a side dish. Meredith was a, like, she, she wasn't even a spice. She was the onions. Yeah. You know, and I love, it's great to be the onions. Yeah. It's great to be the onions because you bring flavor, you bring, there's, there's, they're important, it's important, but it's not the first thing you talk about or the first, it's like, but you're in the mix. You're in the mix. And I loved being in the mix. Yeah. And you don't feel like it's all on your shoulders. Right. Yeah. Right. Was there ever a feeling of like, Oh, they they could cut me at any point. Or? Oh yeah, well the first couple seasons yeah. definitely, definitely, and I had a lot of things that were cut. I just remember it took a while for my drunk storyline to come on. We did a Halloween episode that Paul Feig had directed, the first Halloween episode, and I did a whole storyline. The whole thing got cut, and I remember they didn't tell me before, and I was like, I was so upset because I thought, oh my god, I'm, I might get fired. So you didn't know until it ran. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was one of those things where they were yeah. like, uh, the network wanted more of 
you know, Michael Scott handing out candy at the door. So, this, right. you know, there was some other thing. Would they overshoot a lot in that yes. kind of show? Yeah. I would imagine. Because yeah. there was a, there's a feeling of Yes. That's, that's why it was so packed. Thing. Yeah. So yeah. there would be some storylines that would get caught or yeah. like super trimmed down. What was it like to go from that and then work on a show without the, the mockumentary style? Like... Do you know what I did? Yes, you, it's a weird yeah, it adjustment. It's definitely, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I feel like um, it served me just, I feel like just being a little, you know, playing under because I, you know, being a stage person, you know, I feel like it was always like, nah, you know, playing yeah. in the back of the house. So sometimes it's harder for me to do that now, which is weird. Yeah. Because my muscles have gotten, kind of gotten trained to. When you got on the office and it was like going and you're, you're off to the races. Because you're very much part of a, a sort of local independent comedy community of actors and performers, and everyone roots for each other and stuff like that. But but then somebody, boom, they're on a show. They're and they're good to go for a while. How does it affect the, that ecosystem, or does it? Well, I think that you know some people. I don't know. I mean, I I feel like um, I'm not sure. You know, I I think it isolates you a little bit, but. But it's also like, because um, I'll, I'll just say for me, knowing you a yeah. little bit, whenever I would see you, I never felt like there was a like you, you didn't seem like a different Kate than now that she's on TV, Kate at all. Oh right. And well, well, yeah. I also think, but also you know, Dennis, like being in my forties, getting a show in my forties is so different than if I was in my twenties too. Yeah. Because you kind of realize like it could all go away, or or you know. <sighs> I mean, I think I, I think I don't really have, I think my issues with entitlement are opposite. I feel like it's sort of like, yeah, you know, uh, lucky me. Okay. But it's just me. Relax. Yeah. And I think that that serves me just being on the planet because it's like, I think it's hard to be, you know, to really put yourself up, you know, on this weird star thing, star track, pardon the expression. Right. Uh, not star Trek, star Trek. Uh, where, you know, you feel like you have to, you know, it's like, I don't take the train anymore. I don't do, you know, whatever. It's only first class. I've seen people do that. And then I feel like, and that's great, but, um, I don't know. For me, it seems like they're setting themselves up for disappointment Yeah, in a way. You're setting yourself up for stuff. I I think so. And I, yes. And I think that there's, there, I mean, there's kind of no there there. I mean, yeah. And that doesn't mean that. I mean, you know, I, 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 I've been singing with Jane Lynch this year. Um, I've been. I've seen some pics on your Twitter. Yeah, the sidekick of her uh, in her cabaret act, and Jane's a great example of someone who. I mean, literally, there's a star. She's a star on the Walk of Fame. She has yeah. a wax figure at Madame Trousseau's of yeah. herself as Sue Sylvester. I mean, that's like crazy big. Yeah. You know, Emmys, Golden Globe. She's got it all. But I feel like when we did a show together in New York in June, she would take the subway. She was like, she was, she could just. She had the muscle to deal with people, set limits, but just sort of be in the world, too. Yeah, that's that's hard, I think. It is hard, but I think be. sometimes being isolated is harder. Yeah. Because I think you become sensitive to things that are only going to hurt you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also, you don't get to enjoy, I don't know, you don't kind of, I don't know, it's sort of like, I, I think I think you, I think there's things that you, that are, more things are taken away than are given in those situations. Yeah. That makes sense to me. What do you... I remember also probably seeing you in that Brady Bunch show that came yes, to town. Yes, And that Jane was in that. Yes, I was actually Jane's understudy and I was Alice's understudy. So I became Alice for a while. I'd done all the non-Brady roles. So we worked together all the time, but I was I was basically her understudy. I was breathing down her neck. Were you ever a Brady? 
I, I was just Alice for, uh, yeah. I was like the second Alice in the original cast. Yeah. yeah. And was that what brought you yeah. to L.A.? Because I know uh, it brought I, some of my, my friends to L.A. I was here that summer that we were at the Westwood Playhouse and a little bit in the fall. And then I came back for pilot season the next year. Cause I, and also we did the Miss Vagina pageant at the yeah. Coast Playhouse when we were doing the Brady Bunch. So I feel like those two things kind of set me up with an agent out here. And then I, cause I was still living in Chicago at the time. And then I came out for a little bit and kind of did the pilot season thing. And then I think like, I, then I did the, the year long tour of the Brady Bunch. And that was part of that tour. The second part, we were on a rock and roll bus where we were, Davy Jones did his episodes. He was there for like a month and, wow. and Anna Gasteyer and Ralph Garman were both on that tour. Uh, Ralph's on K rock. And of course, Anna's from SNL. Yeah. So yeah, this was like, you know, it was a, it was an interesting interesting tip. Carrie Aisley was on that tour too. She was she had that show Campus Ladies. Yeah, yeah. So there's been like you know, I mean, I feel like a lot of people. And Soloway wasn't well. She, Jill Soloway Jill, was a pro- she was the director and the producer. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and Jill's now doing Transparent, which yeah. I love. Yeah, it's so good. Right? It's so good. I, know. I, I know. love it. It's so exciting. I know. Yeah, I ran into. The actress that plays the oldest daughter, uh-huh. uh, Amy Showalter. Yes, yes. I had seen her before, but I'd never, like, she'd never, but I love her on this show. Yeah. Like, I, I think I'd seen her in something. I'm obsessed with her character. And I saw her at a screening, and I'm like, I'm like, you're my favorite actress on television right now. And she goes, right now? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> she was really funny about it. But That's I was hilarious. like, I, it was a good, it was a good sighting. Um, well, I feel I, like, yeah, Jill, Jill Soloway definitely had, like, this sort of, I mean, she was definitely... Um, a great uh, supporter of something bigger and broader than like, and uh, she definitely helped open my mind and beginning my career to do bigger and better things. And I actually took a leave of absence from second city to do the, the Brady Bunch tour. And I never went back. I never yeah. went Cause I, even though I loved, I loved, uh, I loved studying at second city. I loved working for them, but I felt like it all it at the time, it felt like it was kind of like the end of an old era and there was something new on the horizon, so it was fun to go with something that was go new. Go with the new thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah and then yeah. Valley of the Dolls was shortly after the Brady Bunch. So. And you play Neely O'Hara in Valley of the Dolls, and you occasionally play Patty Duke in the Mismatch Game. <laughs> what is it about her and that Neely character? And Do you remember oh. seeing the movie and saying, I want to chew into that? Yeah, I'm, I remember getting kicked out of the room when I was a kid, uh, and my older sisters were watching that movie, and whenever like Patty was in a bra and a half, so I was like, get out of the room! Uh, it was too. I want that. Yes, it was too much. Yeah, CBS uh, movie of the week, and I'm sure they cut the crap out of it. Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, there's something so iconic about that story, and just the sort of idea of um, you know the star becoming a monster. Yeah, you know the starlet becoming a monster, which again sort of goes back to our early. I love making fun of that whole yes. business. You know, it's so it's so crazy. It's still so relevant in so many ways. Right. And, uh, yeah, and, and the songs were so weird by Andre and Dory Previn. So weird. And then was that, them. and then the, that crazy, like, mobile. Oh, the, the mobile and I'll Plant My Own Tree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just, like, the history of Judy Garland getting fired from that movie and Su- yeah. Susan Hayworth taking over. And then Judy Garland stealing the pantsuit from the movie and wearing it ahead of her performance at the palace before the movie came out. So she trumped the, wow. the designer. She stole that I didn't know about pantsuit. that. Yes. Oh. Yes, that's Judy. Fishy. I did see her wardrobe test for Valley yes. of the Dolls. So skinny, right? Yeah. With the crazy extra hair. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. my friend Jack Plotnick, uh, they were doing some Valley of the Dolls event, and we worked on Evie Harris's wardrobe uh-huh. test for Valley of the Dolls. So the idea was that Judy did it, and also Evie did it. Uh, and, that's but hilarious. she kept throwing up all over the clothes. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was yeah, so gross. That's fantastic. Yeah, she kept puking on the clothes. <laughs> it was it was scary. Judy, and then of course Neil O'Hara is actually based on Judy Garland, which is yeah. ironic. And and the Helen Lawson character is based on Ethel Merman. Yeah. yeah. So it's so funny. Like again, it was. When was so the last time you did Patty Duke? Uh, well, in the mismatch, mismatch show, yeah. but um, before that was '97. That was the last time we did Valley yeah. Hills. And you yeah, were in New York with that. I was, uh, yeah. In well, '96 we did it at the Circle in the Square, yeah. and then we came out here to the Bing Theater at the, at LACMA for a benefit, and we, that was the last time we did it on stage. Wow, that was the last time, and I still have some of my costumes because they were mine. I bought them myself because I love. Yeah, I'm still. Would you ever want to do it again? You know what? This is get the, the old gang together. I, like in some ways, I would love to, but I feel like. There is something that existed in the 90s that was pre-YouTube. You could not rewind something in a second. So that's part of why people would come to see our shows to relive the Brady Bunch, to relive Valley of the Dust, to relive Facts of Life on stage, too, when yeah. we did that. And I feel like you could heighten it because it was live and there's something. But I, I don't know. Because people's memory, they remember it, but they don't remember every detail of it. They haven't seen right, it in a long time. Right, right, right. But I also feel like because it's so much more available because of computers, I don't know if it's, if it's good, if it has the same, there's, I don't know. I feel like we have turned a corner in comedy and sometimes less is more and I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, so the office finishes. Yes. Was it sad? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like it's taken me a year of mourning. Like I little, I feel like it's been very, very real. Um, because it's, it's a dream realized and then graduated. And that's the greatest, that's the, I mean, believe me, it's a, it's, it's a champagne problem that my show ended for nine years. It's a champagne problem, but you know, you still have to, you know, there's this feeling like, well, who was I before that? Well, I'm not going to pick up shifts at Camp Manolini. Now I can't because it's closed. Yeah. Um, but but also kind of what existed before is not is not there anymore. You know? Right. So, and I have a certain persona in the world. I've gotten to do a lot of indie movies this year, which has been a blast. I feel like I'm not sure. When, I've, I've done some guest star stuff and, you know, some stuff makes it on, some stuff doesn't. It's, a, it's, it's you know, and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm getting ready to pitch some ideas that are mine and, that's always like, holy crap, you know? Right. Um, really? We're going there? Okay, we're going to go there. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, I love to be part of someone's uh, brilliant vision. That's a right. great place to be. And so then there's the work of like, okay, well, what's next? So yeah. what, what do I, what am I co-creating? What am I participating in? Who, you know, it's like, you sort of have to stop and go, okay, well, I acknowledge what just happened. I'm so grateful and um, I can't, I don't know, sometimes I don't know what's next. It's yeah, and it's kind of a scary place to be, no matter what you've done already. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, it's been an interesting year. I did the workshop of a Broadway show, which was interesting uh, and fun, but I felt like the part that I was doing, uh, I, I feel like, I don't, I didn't feel like it was my part. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay. I'm, what was the show? Um, it was actually Jawbreaker, the musical, which oh, is right. great. It's a great, great musical. It really is. The story is great. The music is great. I just feel like I, I felt funny adjacent. I didn't feel like I found the, my funny. Right. Um, but you know what? I, that's okay. I mean, that's what this time is for is a sort of, right. like, you know, it's a workshop. Yeah. 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 And also it's like, I know that they're trying to figure out what is, what yeah. they're, you know, it's like, 
maybe they don't need that character to be, you know, it's like they don't, that's, that's not necessarily what's required. Yeah. Like there was actually some structure in my character, which is like, I'm not used to having the information. I'm used to just like taking a dump and letting somebody else clean it up. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, which is a great place to be, you know, but it's, yeah. So I feel like it's been, it's been an interesting year. I played um, Elijah Wood's mom in a movie that's coming out. Um, we uh, did really well at Sundance. It's called Cooties. Um, great title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Lee Wanell who wrote Saw and, um, uh, um, one of the creators of Glee, um, uh, Ian, um, oh my God, what the hell's wrong with me? I can't, Ian. No, I know his name. Ian. Ian. Brennan. Ian yeah. Brennan. Yes. Ian Brennan. Yeah. Yeah. Who's lovely. And what an interesting idea to have like a horror person and a Glee person come together and create this movie. Yeah. So what's like, the kind of story to it? Uh, it's kind of a crazy, uh, grade school story where the kids eat an infected chicken nugget and, um, they are, they become savages and attack all the adults. So cooties becomes a real thing. Yes. Wow. Yes. What if there were yeah. released something called cooties? I know. Wow. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure when it's coming out, but I think sometime this year. But yeah, it's it's um, Elijah Wood's new company, Spectrovision. So it's That's just cool. Really great. Yeah, and I got to play his mom, which is really fun. And what's uh, it like to go out now and audition or something, but people know you from the office? Like, um, does it help or does it? I feel like sometimes it's it's. Um, it's a mixed bag. Sometimes yeah. it's great, and sometimes it's like, okay. It's almost like, sometimes I felt like I've been brought in almost like a, this is a funny idea that has nothing to do with what's actually going to make it on the air. Hey, we're going to bring her in. Yeah. And then I sit there and I go, okay, all right, so we met, so okay, all right, well, thanks all for right. having me. Okay. You get a bottle of water out of yeah. it. <laughs> sometimes with some projects, I'm like, all I want is a meeting and a bottle of water. I've said that so many times. Um <laughs> So right. and don't make me drive all through the lot, please. Yeah, give me a space. Yeah. I um, I I am from a small town in Arizona, and I got an email recently from a kid from my town who just graduated from high school, and he clearly likes the arts and creative stuff. But I think his family wants him to do something more solid, like dentistry, and he wants to ask my advice. And I started to text him back, and I was like, you know what? Just call me, and we'll we'll talk because I have a lot to say about all this stuff, but I don't know. If I can crystallize it or whatever, but I really, I'm really touched that this kid exists and that he's reaching out to me. I look at his pictures and I'm like, oh, that was me. So if a young, a girl that was you. Yes. In that place reached out from wherever your town, you know what I mean? That was like from your school or whatever and said, I want to be an artist, but I'm, you know, I'm feeling pressured to do something else. Well, you know, I actually um, have spoken at my old college many times, the University of the Arts, and and I know, like, those kids are already studying what they want. They're studying theater. They're studying, they're going after it. But I feel like to go after your dreams costs a lot. Sometimes it'll cost your family issues. You're going to push your family to their own point of discomfort because they're probably not cool with it. Most families don't really get it. Um, But I think that... There's value if you can actually work on yourself and kind of figure out how to keep, like, honor this dream. Because I do feel like our dreams are are spiritual. They're, they don't necessarily, I mean, I feel like we're kind of um, given the opportunity to take a path or not. And if you give yourself permission to do it and you actually have the guts and the chutzpah to just, like, keep showing up for this thing, whether it means you have to wait tables until you're 40 like me or not, you know, it's sort of like... You, you, I, I realized at a certain point that I could not take it personally that I had to work a separate job 
Like I, I just, I, it's like, I knew that I was on the right path. I knew there wasn't anything else I was going to do. I felt like I had enough affirmation from like having a good review or people's, you know, fans, like, you know, even just like, you know, not, not huge throngs of fans, but people like stopping me saying, Oh my gosh, you know, sorry, I keep hitting that thing. No. But, um, yeah. So I feel like it's our responsibility to listen to our inner, you know, those inner voices and to give them as much merit as possible if you have the guts to go for yeah. it. But also like, you know, you, you're not going to necessarily get through to the people that don't understand. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm lucky because I, at least I had something, you know, to show that was kind of um, an obvious like, okay, you're on this show that people watch or that won an Emmy. So therefore, you know, there's something kind of black and white about people that. People get it when it's on television. Yeah, they just yeah, get it. Yeah. Theater, yeah. not so much, you know, unless yeah. it's Broadway, but even then. No, TV, they get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate that that's the way it is, but that's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's very powerful television. It is. It is. And I will say it's a medium that I'm re- I really love because you, I mean, you can you can be anywhere and be affected. It's kind of fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of brings us together in a weird way. For sure. Yeah. I think I would, I would talk to him about how sometimes the thing you do creatively will pay you and sometimes it won't. Right. And if you do something else to make the bills, it's fine. Yes. It's not a punishment. It's not, you can't feel bad about that. You can't feel it means that you're not good enough. Right. It is just what it, the way it is. It is. Yeah. And, I would tell him that through the creative stuff I've done is where I found my people. And I have a friend who's a dentist and he didn't find his people. You know what I mean? He's not friends with a bunch of other dentists. Like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And I've struggled, man. I've had ups and downs and sometimes, but I never, I was like, I picked it. I picked it. And the thing I'm most proud of is I was true to myself. Right, and for I think better I think it, or fucking worse. That's right, and it, I think there's a there's a point of responsibility and grown up maturity. I mean, I feel like you have to do whatever you can to take care of yourself in the process. If you have a friend who is constantly tearing you down, constantly trying to make you feel like shit, at some point you're gonna have to put some boundaries on that and yeah. maybe move on because there's there, it's hard enough to do this with people who are in your corner. Yeah. And I'm, that doesn't mean that everybody has to be in your corner, but if they're really like breaking you down all the time, I say like, go where the love is, go where the love is. Yeah. Have you had that before? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like, I feel like sometimes there's an underlying, um, you know, I, I mean, even, even some people that, um, I have performed with or have known like artists, like who will say things to me, like, I don't watch TV. Yeah. I don't want, and it becomes almost aggressive because they'll say it like 15 times and I'm like, you don't have to, I have never seen your show. Um, that's, that's, that's cool. fine. Yeah. yeah. And then they keep saying it. And it's almost like, why are you, why are you saying this with this look like you want to fucking kill me? <laughs> yeah. What's that about? <laughs> I yeah. noticed something's up with this. You're yeah. clearly uncomfortable with this. I you also know. feel that there's a randomness to all of it that I don't know. I found, I feel like. Timing and luck. And there's a lot oh, of, yeah. it's oh, yeah. more random than I thought oh, it would yeah. be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some people, I remember being at the, the 50th anniversary of Second City and there were some people that uh, were there that I thought, oh my God, they were so talented. I can't believe that they were never on TV. I mean, it's crazy. Some people, like, there were obvious rising stars that were, that were just 
the funniest person you knew. But I also feel like maybe they weren't good at calling people back. Maybe they weren't, you know, maybe they didn't promote their shows. Maybe they didn't move out of Chicago to give themselves that next chance. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You know, or something came up in the family and they felt like they had to take a sidestep financially. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird, but all those things become factors. Yeah. It's not just about talent. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah. But do you like when you go talk to the young people? I do, because I also feel like, you know, they've had other, you know, bigger stars come, you know, older stars who don't really talk. When they talk about uh, kind of, you know, their struggle, they make it sound like it was 300 years ago, and then all of a sudden they just crossed the line and they became rich and famous. Well, one yes can change the whole thing. That may have happened to them. That may have been their story. It may have, but I also feel Certainly. like there's there's a little bit of a uh, of a lie in it, an, an yeah. omission, a lie yeah. by omission. Because even when you get on the map, so to speak, there are choices that will move you forward. There were choices that will move you down. Or, or sometimes it's just like, okay, that was it. You got your one show. Good for you. You know, yeah. I think that that's like something I'm like, you know, I don't know what's next for me. Um, but at the same time, I feel like um, people don't talk about the fact that, you know, there are, there's just, there are different levels of struggle. Right. It's, even it's, if there's there are money, valleys. Yeah, yeah. 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 And also like you have to kind of figure out how to, how to maneuver through those times and, yeah. and, you know, and not whatever. I mean, it's like not, I mean, and there are very few people that have that Cinderella thing where they just are set for life and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. What got you through your valleys? Um, I think that I think I'm a pretty spiritual person. I think that I just always have to stick to like making gratitude lists and kind of keeping mm-hmm. the focus on what's right as opposed to what's wrong. I've become like that guy that does all that stuff. Yeah, dream yeah, boards, yeah. Sure, this thing, that absolutely. thing, all of that stuff. Yeah. My friend gave me this thing recently called the 15 minute miracle, and it's like this kind of daily writing that you do, yeah. but it's structured. I'm telling you, it, things it? have turned, like so little right. things. I don't know. I think you've got to be thinking something. So if you're thinking things that are hopeful, positive, whatever, yes. it's it's just better. And sometimes things come of it. I don't know. It helps. I, I agree find. with you. And I feel like whatever it is that makes you feel like you're, you know, that you're on the right track and that, and, and, and that actually helps you be kind to yourself. Because I think it's so easy to just kind of beat yourself up and compare and despair, as they say. And, yeah. You know, or also just feel like, you know, there's uh, there's something that um, – or just, like, just focus on what you don't have, you know, which yeah. is so easy to do. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, realizing that every – I mean, there's gifts in everything. Yeah. And every once in a while, I'll have this, like, weird lampshades gig where – I mean, literally, three weeks ago – we were doing a benefit at the Century City Hyatt on Avenue of the Stars, right. which sometimes can be very glamorous. Right. But we were the first act. And I know that when you do benefits, if you are performing during you know, the food, it's hard to get people's attention. Right. And I was like exhausted. I was working on some indie movie that day, and I was like, I just did not have the drag queen in me to start like reading people and tell them to yeah. shut up. So we just like did our thing. We started to do our thing. And I thought, oh my God, everyone's just eating their chicken or fish. Holy crap. Why did I say yes to this? Well, I noticed that there were two people and their tables that were paying great attention to us. And I mean, they stuck out like sore thumbs. 
the one table, it was my old boss, Ben Silverman from NBC, who was just laughing and smiling and waving and pointing. And the other was across the room, and it was Gene Simmons, Gene fucking Simmons from Kiss, who was laughing and smiling and just and nudging other people at the table and pointing, you know, just like so supportive. And I thought, oh my, this says it all. It's like, I don't need everyone else to shut up. Uh, this is, I mean, I just, I mean, I get the, the two people that I care about are the ones that are, are caring about me. Yeah. So you kind of have to just sort of rise above and sometimes things just feel like wax on, wax off. Yeah. And not everything's going to feel like it's your birthday and you get, uh, you know, yeah. a parade. It's like sometimes you just have to show up and do your thing on yeah. many, many levels. That's, yeah. that's the, that's Zen the it goes. out. Yeah. I will say this though, that I, like, I love being part of this sort of L.A. community of people that do funny things. And I'm, I'm sort of in it on, with the mismatch and stuff on a of certain level. Of course you are. When yeah. I go to, like, Casita del Campo and I see one of my friends do their <laughs> silly show in the basement, I feel like that is happiness to me. It yeah. feels like being there, being, being connected to them, rooting for them, right. going up the stairs, seeing them afterwards. Totally. I feel like it's... It doesn't need to be anything more than that. No, totally. And believe me, when I, you know, we're doing the show tomorrow night, we, we did it with Missy Pyle a couple months ago and she's coming back. She does this act, the Tumbleweeds. It's just so funny to see like, you know, Missy Pyle in this crazy, like Patsy Cline wig with her partner, Brooke Dillman, who is hilarious in this crazy, crazy blonde windblown wig. And I mean, it's like, here we are in our wigs and our, and our outfits. It's yeah. crazy. And it's so fun. And I think that's part of why I still do it because it's sort of like, I can't believe I still have a nerve to do this. Yeah. And it, and yet sometimes like there are moments when it just brings such great joy. Yeah. You know, or just like inside, like that's part of the creative process. It's like, it's just great to be in that. Or when you find some new bit that you're like, oh my God, that was so fun. I can't believe that worked. (laughs) I, um, I remember like in the nineties doing like shtick with Jack Plotnick. Like it was something I think he and Seth, Radetzky developed in New York and he wanted to do it out here. It was like Joyce DeWitt was going to, it was like the Joyce DeWitt show, but she wasn't there. So just her backup singers had to carry it out <laughs> and we were dancing and here's Joyce DeWitt. I remember doing that in like a sequin hat or whatever. And then like 10 years, <laughs> like 10 years later, he's like, will you do that again? It's for this post nine 11. I don't know what it was. And I was like, Oh sure. Why not? And I remember thinking, here we are 10 years later in this sequin thing and we're going to go do it and it might go well and it might suck. And, I can't believe I'm doing it, but I feel good about doing it. You're in and the if, tribe. You're and the if tribe. he called me right now and said, do you want to do that thing? I would say yes, where and when. <laughs> and it would be more to me now than it did in that middle time when when things were sort of going better or whatever. I don't know. It's weird. I, I, do, I know exactly what you mean. It, I feel like it's, it's, it's being aware of being in this tribe. It's like you are, there's nothing you can do to get out of it. You're in it. You yeah. know, because your heart is open. That's what it is. You know, and I feel like when you start counting your acorns and getting weird about who's got what and how come he's got that and I don't have that, you know, and you make yourself nuts. I, yeah. It's just so, so much. I would rather be, you know, driving in my pantsuit from, you know, <laughs> from Century City and, you know, just kind of showing up and doing this stuff. I mean, I would much rather that than waiting for the phone to ring, waiting for someone who, you know, may or may not truly understand what, why I'm doing this, yeah. making decisions about what's next for me. Yeah. You know, and I do feel like there is a divine order and, 
even though in the moment sometimes I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I even feel like this, this year, you know, there's certain projects that I haven't gotten and certain projects I have and it all sort of makes sense to me in a, in a great way. Like when I, when I turn around and go, Oh, then I learned how to do this because, you know, another thing that's come up for me is that you know, I never had that much memorization on the office. Yeah. So I had to like re like rework those muscles of, yeah. you know, having to audition with like these long monologues and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it requ- or even doing like, I, I did an indie movie um, last month where uh, it's called teacher of the year. And, I had so many lines and they, I got the job so fast that I literally had to hire a friend of mine to help me learn lines every night for the next day. So wow. I wouldn't let anybody down, you know, because it's like, you know, that's not, I mean, I, I've seen people, that is a muscle you either, you use it or you lose it. You don't, it's like, there's nothing in the middle. Like you, you, yeah. if you so, so I feel like I'm gaining certain skills that I didn't need before that I need now. And, uh, it's okay. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that I'm a piece of shit because I don't know how to do that. It's like, no, I see what I need to do. If I really want to do something different, then I'm going to have to... You have to rise to the occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and get over it. And yeah. just be like, you know, that's... that's yeah. It's an opportunity. It's not a punishment. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's a gift. And, and you know, how great that... Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I hope I can say something that, you know, that will mean something to somebody. But I feel like everybody's on their own road and even though i was the poster child for actor waiter i feel like some of those actor waiters like you know they should maybe they should have given up i don't know i don't know but again it's not my not my place to say that you know right if you're still feeling it do it just right. do it because you do pay a price if you have that my a friend of mine calls it a pilot light it's a creative thing if you don't if it's in there and you don't do something oh, yeah it, oh, it's yeah. bad then, yeah no absolutely i think like that's that's when people are yeah. alcoholic or they have weird personality disorders. It's like they have to, they have to, there's, it's weird. It like right. affects you chemically, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I am, um, I, before I came here, I'm writing some, some, uh, stuff for the legacy awards that Outfest is doing. So I'm writing, um, bits for Natasha Leone, and I was on the phone with her for the first time and she's great. She she's has all these ideas and, and I hung up. I'm like, I have to fucking rise to the occasion. Like I have to. You know, I had some ideas for her. She kind of liked them, but she wanted to go in this direction. I'm like, I hope I can do this. And it's kind of like your memorization thing. Like, okay, fucking. Here we go. Here we go. Stretch, stretch time. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. and it'll, I'm sure everything's going to be great. Not, you know, whatever. But it was that, that feeling of like, oh, okay. I've got, this is a great opportunity. Right. I got to bring it. Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. There. So you picked a few questions from the um, observation I, deck. So I you did. See if Actually, we've got gonna, some fun okay. stuff. Let me see. Okay. Okay. What's the most unprofes- unprofessional behavior you've ever witnessed? Okay. Um. Uh. I've been pretty lucky because I I feel like I've been on a lot of sane sets, but I did. Oh my god! If I, I feel like if I say too much, it's going to say who it is, and I want to say who it is. All right. Say just a little, okay, bit. Say a little bit. Okay. Um. There was a person that I was on. Um, on a movie with who, um, she, we actually had a day off because someone in her family was getting married. Right. And the next day when we came to work, she literally was holding up a sign that said, don't ask me about the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it didn't go well. She didn't want anybody to ask her. I thought it was the weirdest, rudest, like, what? And it wasn't a joke. Yeah. It was, she was not kidding. Yeah. That's Don't hilarious. I was like, Don't ask me about the wedding. <laughs> oh my God. And that same person gave me a hard time because I 
had that crystal blower for tears. Yeah. And, um, which I have, I've never used before, but like I had to answer the door, whatever. It was like a super fluffy thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm bring not, the blower. Yeah, yeah. Bring the blower. And she, she told me that she had had the uh, ability to cry since she was five. <laughs> she totally dissed me. She yeah. said, I've had the ability to cry on cue since I was five. And I said, well, you know what? I've had a really hard life and I'm really tough. <laughs> and I don't know why. I said, like, why was I defending myself? <laughs> To the person who holding up a sign that said, "Don't ask me about the wedding." <laughs> that's a really that's a that's a double whammy. All right, you got another okay, one. Uh, um, uh, yes, yes. Oh, wait, wait. Um, okay, uh, what's the coolest place you, you've gotten to uh, uh, gotten to go to work for? Um, uh, Where I, have you gotten to go for work? Okay, I got to work at the Capitol Building. Oh wow! Capitol Records, not the Capitol in DC. The Capitol Records. My friend used to work in there as a secretary, and she called it the steel tampon. Ah! It's shaped like a... Hilarious. I got a call. This is before the office. I had auditioned for the Dana Carvey show that Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert were ensemble on. Right. Um, And Robert Smigel was one of the producers. He called me, and he remembered that I did the character Lucy from Charlie Brown. Yeah. He used to do it on stage, and we acted like we were animated. We did the Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh. Like, I know I'd have been insulted. I know I'd have been insulted. Oh, I want to see that. It was so fun. And um, Matt Walsh was Charlie Brown. He's on Veep now. So we had such a great time at the time. And I was Lucy. And he remembered me doing Lucy. So he hired me out of the blue to do uh, one of his uh, Saturday TV Funhouse uh, uh, cartoons on SNL. And I got to do it at the Capitol Records building. And so he was in my ear. He was in New York directing me from... (laughs) And we were in the Frank Sinatra suite. It was fantastic. And you could just imagine all the people oh that had recorded there. Absolutely. Nat King yeah. Cole. Like, oh, my God. It was such a... Yeah. I'm such a big Frank Sinatra fan. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. That's was, amazing. I was totally geeking out. Yeah. That's so cool. Yes. Describe your most unfortunate haircut. Yeah. Okay. When I was um, <laughs> when I was 12, I was totally into Annie. Right. So I got that... Did you um, get an Annie perm? I got an, not a perm. I got the, the 70s Vidal Sassoon cut, but I didn't. my mother did not take me to Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> I just took the picture of Andrew McArdle. Yeah. And uh, had the, the unfortunate, I mean, the first time was good. I think like w- maybe twice out of the two years I had that hairstyle, it actually looked like it was supposed to, and the rest were just bad haircuts. Wow. Yeah. And it was like kind of a side part Dorothy Hamill. So you were going, but you were going for the Annie look. I was. I was a huge fan of the original Annie. In fact, two years ago, I got to do a benefit with her. And, um, Andrea McArdle? Andrea McArdle. Wow. I remember my mother was so excited. It was right before my mom died. It was like something we really shared before. And I got to tell my mother before she she died, I said, you were right to hold me back because I wanted to be in the touring company. I wanted to audition. My mother's like, when you're older, when you're out of school, I don't care. I said, you were right. I said, all those child stars are a mess. You were so Right. You were so right. I mean, Andrea's fun, but I feel like she has regrets like that, you know. I mean, yeah. You know, it's just tough. It's like she will always sort of be saddled with this yeah. thing, you know. And it's, uh, yeah, so I'm just grateful that I, you know, that I'm a late bloomer. Yeah. It just, so this bad haircut reminds me that it's good to, it's to good be, to be, it's, it's a, good to be, you know, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. I appreciate that, too. Yeah. All that's right. It's a good thing. Cool. Are there any more? Are those your big ones? Um, uh, what does your family think of your success? Okay. Um. Well, um, you know, my dad never understood the office because he owned a bar. So he was never in an office. Right. So he never got the subtleties of that. The mundane, the oh mundanity, yeah, mundanity. You watch the whole thing and you barely talked. You know, <laughs> what are you wearing? Yeah. What's, what is, you know, didn't get, I mean, 
knew that people got it and loved it, but didn't really get it himself. Just suffered right. through every episode. Yeah. Oh my, like <laughs> suffered. And I stopped taking their calls because in Philadelphia they, it would air three hours before right. because they would just criticize it. And I hadn't seen the finished product yeah. yet. And I'm like, I, we're not. Do, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. After like five episodes, I'm like, oh no, I'm toast by the time. Yeah. I, I can't even. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. But and I will say like, my family sometimes. Like, my brother always gives me a hard time if I'm with him and somebody asks me for a picture. He'll be like, here we go. Oh, here here it is. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> like, like, I'm forever, you know, yeah. ten year, a 10-year-old little brat as far right. as he's concerned. It's fantastic. It's great, it keeps, though. It keeps my feet on the ground. Yeah. It keeps it real, man. It does, man. All I'm right. telling ya. All right. Are there any more? Um... What's your best random uh, celebrity sighting? Yes. Okay, I was, it was, we were doing Value the Dolls, and I was sleeping on couches at the time, and I was staying up at like 93rd Madison at my ex-boyfriend's friend's house. He had two stripper roommates, don't ask. And um, I was in a deli, and I, it was on Madison Avenue, and I heard and saw Elaine Stritch screaming her own name walking backwards. <laughs> Just put it on my tab! Stritch! Elaine Stritch. I was the only one in the store. I was like, this is the most, no one, I was like trying to get eye contact with somebody. I'm like, is this, um, is this Did a this mirage? Happen? She... Is just me? What the fuck? I'm she sick. brought the full stretch for you too. She did. It was That's a full stretch moment. I, and I have been obsessed with her. Yeah. I, I never wanted to work with her or meet her because I was afraid I was going to be disappointed because I heard she could be mean. Yeah. But I love, I'm still obsessed with her one woman show. I'm so sorry she's off the planet. Yeah. Uh, but I find her just like such an inspiration. I feel like she's somebody who just kept reinventing. Yeah. Something's very simple. These theatrical things that ha- were, became so iconic and kind of in an old school box and she would just put, she would bring new life to those yeah. songs and give them new context. I thought she was brilliant. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, how does it feel to be a bobblehead? I'm looking at, you have a bobblehead doll of your character. Was that, that must've been like surreal. It's kind of surreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. and my bobblehead is holding the, uh, the, a big gulp from the, the Valentine episode of yeah. which obviously has vodka in it. Um, <laughs> it's weird. I think that I, it, my hair is a little brown. It yeah. should be, should be redder. That's really yeah. my only, and it's, um, and I feel like, um, uh, I don't think it looks that much like you. No, it's a little tranny. It's a little <laughs> tranny jaw going on. That's all right. I can take it. That's all right. Again, it's a champagne problem. Yeah. But I think it's it's funny and it's cool. And I think it's cooler than... I think it's more right than wrong. Yeah. You know? That's cool. Yeah. And your boyfriend did a bobblehead, He did too. a bobblehead, ne- yeah, that I have next to it. it that's just a one-off. He should sell them on, online. No, they're funny. That's so fun. But yeah, he's he's a photographer, so he's got yeah. uh, cameras around his neck. And, I um, love it. Yeah, it's you know, I, I it's it's ridiculous to have a bobblehead on your mantelpiece. But it's that's what fun I though. It's cool. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah, I don't mean to be too self congratulatory. It could all end tomorrow. That's I could right. be on the street in you, a day. But a bobblehead—that's humor. That's kitsch. That's right. fun. Right. Um, do you have words that you live by, like a motto or something you think? Um, I think. Um, I can't. I don't know. I mean, I feel like. Um. I guess just to, I, I think, I think I do, I, I, I try not to take myself too seriously, but I know that I have to seriously be an adult and really kind of roll up my sleeves and be a grown up about life. But also, I also feel like if you're not enjoying your life, what's the point? Right. You know, I feel like I do have great joy and I, yeah. I do silly things. My boyfriend and I, you know, we, 
we go to fun things and we're involved in fun things. Like I love, you know, when we play Tiki Oasis, it's so much fun because I feel like we're, we're just part of these grownups like dressing up and what, what place? Tiki Oasis down in um, San Diego. The lampshades play there. Oh yeah. It's the, it's the Tiki, tiki festival. It's people are obsessed with Tiki stuff. Yes. It's like and, Star Trek for Tiki. It is. It is. I love, you know, and, but there's fun things that we do. I just feel like we really have a good time. We know how yeah. to have fun and, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, um, I, and I feel like when we get invited, we, we go, we go to things like we really show up and yeah. it's really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I guess my words to live by are, if you, if you get invited, go, you yeah. know, participate, like life can be, you never know where it's going to take you. You yeah. have to stay long at the party if you're, if it's not killing, if it's not blowing yeah. your mind. Um, and never underestimate your contribution. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I mean that humbly, but I feel like the the healthier we make ourselves, the better message we can kind yeah. of put out there. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like, you know, the Kardashians are doing the best they can. But, wow, it's like, you know, the whole selfie, self-absorbed thing. Like, some of it just feels so – the narcissism is feels aggressive. It's aggressive. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's painful sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like there's – that's kind of what happens in this business. You either become spiritual – or you become a narcissist. It's sort of like there's there's kind of not. It's tough to survive yeah. anywhere in the middle of that. It's different than other businesses in that way. I think. It's, yeah. It's it's tough. You yeah. either have to get super zen, or you go to that other place. Yeah. And sometimes friendships end or whatever because people go in different directions. Yeah. And I was reading about somebody was talking about the Larry Sanders show, and their synopsis was it was about this. Group of pe- friends that loved each other, but show business kept getting in the way. Uh, <laughs> that's brilliant. I thought it was, and yeah. I think it's true in a way that it's not true in other businesses, maybe as much. No, I, I feel like there there must be some weird karmic thing that we've signed up for. Yeah. For this this uh, awesome this world. Yeah, and you know, uh, and I feel like go to, go where the love is. You know, yeah. if you're if you do one thing a year that makes you feel like you're on the planet for all the right reasons. Do it and do it as much as you can. Yeah, I love that. Last question: If the phone could ring tomorrow with a certain kind of a, an opportunity, something you've never done before, a uh, kind of show or a collaborator, what would that phone call be? Um, you know, I don't. Maybe, maybe as a writer, because I feel like I, that always that scares me. I mean, I do write for the lampshades, but I feel yeah. like it's different. I, I feel like writing for for TV is uh, much more of a head trip for me. Yeah, uh, because I can do it later. Uh, but I think that would probably be the most like you know, scare you out of your uh, you know, out of yeah. your bed every morning. You yeah. know, <laughs> like eventually feel good to be alive. But uh, if you can get over the initial shock, like ah, yeah. Know. But yeah, I think I think writing writing for TV would be that. Yeah. Awesome! I love that. That's a surprise. That's oh, cool. Okay. Well, it was all this acting stuff, and and then and then, then there's that. Yeah. Thank you so much oh, for today. Yes, thank you so much. I, I love you. I think you're inspiring and fun, and I love seeing you do Cassie. How can people learn more about the lampshades? Go to thelampshades.com. And thelampshades.com. That's the best way. And if people are um, not in LA, are there videos online? Can people there get a taste? Few. Yeah, there are a few videos. Yeah. Oh yeah, YouTube. And actually, uh, there's videos on our website too. Okay, thelampshades.com. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And usually we'll be we're out of town, but mostly yeah. we're from Hollywood. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Okay. It's awesome. been my pleasure. Oh I my love God. this. All right. Bye.
Thanks again to the wonderful Kate Flannery. Go see her in the lampshades and watch for her in all these cool upcoming projects like Cooties. That sounds really cool. Um, I got a little misty in there when she told me that I was in the tribe. I almost started crying because, <laughs> you know, sometimes, I don't know, I get a little moved by this stuff. I um, It's because people are so um, open and honest and uh, I, I connect to their journeys and they're just great. So thanks again to Kate. Um, I've got Leslie Jordan coming up soon. That's going to be a lot of fun. So keep on listening, subscribe on iTunes, tell your friends, take my audience poll. It's all at DennisAnyone.net. And, uh, we'll see you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.